This week's Sicha on Parshas Vayishlach discusses a bar mitzvah. Why a boy becomes bar mitzvah at the age of 13, which the Medrash teaches us. We're going to learn two reasons why. And we also learn what happens when one becomes bar mitzvah that at 13 something changes. And then we're also going to discuss a very important point, and that is what the foundation of one's avoida, one's service in this world, of fulfilling one's mission um, that God put him in this world for, um, should be based on. Um, whether it should be based on one is a, more of an intellectual approach, a, a, a reasonable and understandable approach, or an approach which requires uh, which comes from a place which is deeper than intellect and more of a, a deeper commitment of what we can call Mesira Snefesh, self-sacrifice, um, or a deeper commitment than just a reasonable one. So the, 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 we have a story in the parsha um, where Shimon and Levi, two of the 12 tribes of the 12 sons of Yaakov, uh, they, um, they are very upset that Shechem violated their sister Dina, and so therefore the two of them went, and they, uh, um, it, it's a full story, but essentially they went with swords and they killed out everyone in the city. That was the end result of the story. And the Torah, in, in the way the Torah describes this, the Torah says, Yaakov, that the two sons of Yaakov, Shimon and Levi, took, um, Dina, they were the brothers of Dina, Ish harbo, each man, ish, each man harbo a sword. And our sages say in the Medrash that they were 13 years old at that time, and they're called ish, a man. So from here we learn that, that ben shleish esrei la mitzvah, that when the, mitzvah, when the Mishnah says ben shleish esrei la mitzvah, that uh, the Mishnah in Ethics of Our Fathers goes through a list of different ages and tells us how each age um, corresponds to a different stage in someone's life. So when the person turns 13, that's when they become um, obligated in mitzvahs at the age of 13, because we know that a 13-year-old is called a man, because Shimon and Levi were called Ish um, at, in this story when they were 13 years old. Now, what is unique about 13, and um, what is it that makes a person <coughs> called an Ish, a man, because the name Ish indicates a certain level of maturity, a certain level of what we would call a godless, which means a person reaches the age of a godol. A godol means um, large, but in the context we're talking about it, it means someone who is mature. And, and um, that's when they, they're ready to take on uh, a commitment to obligations. So at the age of 13, what, what type of maturity does a 13-year-old reach that, that, that we learned from Shimon and Levi that they were 13 and they were men. So what, what, the, the, they, what happens when a person turns that age, again, this is on average, but it became instituted, so we have a particular moment that every single boy celebrates his bar mitzvah. So on average, this, this transition happens at 13, and the transition is that a person grows in their level of Das. Now, we know that there are, as, uh, as the acronym of Chabad is Chochma, Bina, and Das. There are numerous words in Hebrew that, that reflect on the idea of intellect or understanding, but Das is unique in that it's talking about a person being able to not just understand something intellectually, but to actually relate to it, almost like uh, someone's e emotional quotient, their EQ, not just their IQ. 
And it's at that point that the person becomes obligated in the mitzvahs. Um, because it's possible that the child has intellect even before 13. But the, the das, which is also expressed in Hasidus as the ability of, for one to recognize something. That means that when you see something, it's not just something you understand, it's something you recognize that you, recognizing meaning that you have a personal um, um, under, grasp, almost like, almost like an experiential grasp of what it is that you're dealing with. And maybe another way of referring to that is an integrated knowing. It's not just an intellectual knowing, but it's an integrated knowing, a knowing that, that my entire um, persona um, identifies with and relates to and connects with. So it's a much more mature way of understanding. And Das also is always associated, as we'll discuss soon, with emotions. That it's an, intellect, it's an intellect that also... Um, um, is associated with a person emotionally. And that's the idea of Das, is that it connects the intellect and the emotions. That it's not just an idea I understand in my head, but it's disassociated from my body, but on, uh, from, my, from my emotions. But on the contrary, it's an integrated knowing. That means it integrates with my emotions. And now that I know that this is important, so I have a feeling of importance to it. Now that I know that this is um, dangerous, I have a feeling of staying away from it. So, and, and this is also indicated in, 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 in a boy uh, appreciating the preciousness of a mitzvah. And, 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 and therefore, in, in appreciating the preciousness of a, of a mitzvah, not just knowing intellectually, but appreciating so that it's a recognizable um, appreciation, um, then, a, then, then that, that motivates a person to actually engage with it and do it. And that's what we want, and that's why when a, person, when a boy turns 13 and he reaches this level of das, some level of das, that's enough that he can now take on the obligation of mitzvahs. And likewise, the void that he recognizes also, the void that's created in, in, in not doing a mitzvah. And it's sort of like money. Um, the Rebbe uses an example of money or, or, or greatness in, in a worldly sense. But... You know, where, where, where a, a child understands that money has value and he knows he can buy things with money. Uh, however, a child will not protect money as much as an adult will because his recognition of the money, that means his, not only his intellectual understanding of the money, but his entire interaction with the money because of his way of experiencing money, which is deeper than just intellect. It's an intellect where a person develops a, a somewhat of an emotional feeling and understanding. Um, of what, money's, uh, what money is, and that a child uh, lacks. So both when they have a large amounts of money, they won't necessarily protect it in the same way an adult will. And likewise, when, they ha when, they um, when they're lacking money, they don't necessarily realize the deficiency of not having money. Um, so, um, so therefore, they're not responsible in mitzvahs. But once they turn 13 and they reach this level of das, um, um, and we know they reach this level of das because it calls um, Shimon and Levi an ish when they were 13 years old. So we know that they reach this level of recognition and, uh, and um, intellectual, um, intellectual feelings. Uh, um, then they become responsible in mitzvahs. Now, the Labavashar the, Abeim, the, they would often say a mimer, which is a deep Hasidic discourse, um, by a bar mitzvah, by a bar mitzvah that they would attend, which would start with the words, Na se Adam, let us make man, which God said when he made Adam, the very first man. They would say this by a bar mitzvah. 
which indicates to us very clearly that the bar mitzvah is associated with the level of Adam. They were saying this because when a boy becomes 13, in some way that, that, that age um, associates him with the ability to reach the level of Adam. Now, to understand, to understand this, there are actually four words in Hebrew that we have that are used as a reference to a person, to a human, to a, to a person. One is um, Adam, which is the highest level. A second is Ish, which also means man, and that's the, 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 the word in our Pasuk that we're quoting. Um, and, then you have, um, and then you have Gever, and then you have Enosh. And uh, Hasidus explains how each of these words that are referring to man equally are referring to different levels of man. That means a man functioning on different levels. And the highest is Adam, um, which indicates a somewhat of a wholesome state where, where the human being has reached, the, the, is, is operating on the highest level and capacity of a human being. So... And therefore, the Rabbim would say a, a, a discourse on Nasa Adam. Um, now, if for 13, Ish is the defining factor, Ish is the second to highest name. That means the, the, the other name for man, which indicates a level a bit lower than Adam in, in, function, in, in their functionality, which we'll explain in a moment, then... But if, if we learn from our verse that, it, that Shimon and Levi are called Ish, and from here we learn that they were 13, and from here we learn that a 13-year-old becomes obligated in the mitzvahs, then why would the Rabbeim say that a bar mitzvah is associated with Adam, which is an even higher level of operating? We see a bar mitzvah is really associated with Ish, not with Adam. So what, what is the difference between um, Ish and Adam? Ish is a, a person who operates on a level. Uh, they have an intellectual capacity which, where the intellect is, relates to their emotions, which is a very beautiful thing. That's what we call where the mind uh, rules over the heart, where my emotions evolve from what I understand, which is a, a very healthy form of emotions. I understand something and out of that comes emotions. Uh, as opposed to just raw emotions based on circumstances, but not something that I, that I understand and that, that, that is thought out. And we're actually told also that, that this, uh, this level of intellect, as it um, creates one's emotions, it reaches a completion at the age of 20. At the age of 20, one can already have that in a complete state. Um, Adam, on the other hand, is, a, is an intellect which is higher than emotions. In Hasidic uh, terminology, we call this Meichen de Gadlus. Meichen de Gadlus means very expansive intellect. Now, now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that we want our intellect uh, not to dictate what our emotions are, but it means that sometimes, in addition to having that level of ish, where your mind dictates your emotions, and you don't just have uh, you know, chaotic emotions being stimulated by random things all the time, but also means a person has the ability to elevate themselves beyond any form of personal connection to an idea, and they can study and think about an idea in a purely unbiased manner. Because we know that emotions are very personal. So as long as our intellect, even the level of intellect we're thinking on, is, is still a level of intellect which associates with emotions, even sometimes that level of intellect 
is lower than when, one, when someone can think about ideas and be totally detached from any sense of, uh, of self-feelings and bias, which would then can confuse the integrity of the intellect. And we call that Meichen de Gadlus. So that is what Adam is, that elevated state of, of intellect. So why associate Adam with a bar mitzvah boy? He's so young, he's only 13. We don't expect that a boy that age is going to be able to, has the capacity to, to, have a, to, to think on a level of intellect which is completely um, above any attachment to emotions. Um, so, um, so why would Rabbeim say, I have a Hasidic discourse associating bar mitzvah with Adam? It must be that their intent was that for a boy or for anyone to fulfill mitzvahs, um, in the most complete manner possible, while we start at the level of ish, like one is at a, at when they're a bar mitzvah boy, but still we need to aspire to the level of Adam, because Adam, in a certain way, brings wholesomeness and completion to the level of ish. And and, and the Rebbe's going to elaborate on this so that we understand this very well, um, and I've indicated to some of this in the, in the preface. So, now, we know that we need, that, that even an Ish should aspire to the level of Adam, because it's demonstrated in, in, in this very verse, the very Pasuk that we're, that we're discussing, that the two sons of Levi, they each took a sword. Um, because the change that happens to a boy at 13, um, that prompts him to enter into the stage of of chiyuv b'mitzvahs, of obligation uh, to do mitzvahs, is the change in his intelligence, but primarily in his das, in the part of his intelligence, which is das, which is the intelligence associated with um, um, connecting to his emotions. Now this pasuk, interestingly, um, demonstrates the opposite. In other words, if we pay attention to the behavior in the verse, the behavior, while, while the literal verse mentions ish, Right, so we have the name Ish, and they were thirteen. So that's how we learn Abraham Mitzvah boy attains the status of Ish at thirteen. But if we look at the behavior, it seems as if the Shimon and Levi acted not in the manner of intellect controlling emotions, but on the contrary, it seems like they they had very strong emotions that were out of control, and they took swords and started they killed the whole city because of it. So, so from this, we have to. We, 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 um, what we realize is that there's something more over here in the verse, um, and that part of the behavior of Shimon and Levi was something that was being driven by something beyond being an ish, where one's intellect is controlled by their emo- uh, That one's intellect is defining their emotions, and. The fact that we learn a bar mitzvah boy, about a bar mitzvah, a boy becoming bar mitzvah at the age of 13 from this verse means that their behavior, which does not seem to be in line with Ish, was a behavior that was not a behavior that was below the level of Ish, but it was a behavior that was above the level of Ish. Or like I often say, uh, just to, uh, again for distinction, that they weren't acting irrationally or purely emotionally. But on the contrary, they were acting, as we're going to see soon, in a manner of mesiras nefesh, of self-sacrifice. Um, and then, once we understand, and that level of mesiras nefesh is associated with Adam, the level of Adam, and that's why the Rabbeim, we'll see soon, um, explain further that they, they would say, a mimer of Nasa Adam, because an ish is not enough 
in a person's fulfillment of mitzvahs, a person has to attain also the level of Adam to really have a, a, a to complete their avoda, the manner in which they observe mitzvahs. Um, so let's so let's let's break this down. There there are two opinions actually. Until now, we only stated one, but there are actually two opinions as to the source of a boy, a bar mitzvah boy, becoming bar mitzvah, uh, obligated in the mitzvahs at the age of 13. The first we stated, because we learned it from this verse. Yeah, it says that uh, Shemin and Levi are called Ish at, at the age of 13. And what this indicates is, what this tells us is that there was a shift in nature. Um, that at the age of 13, there's a shift in nature. A 13-year-old, as we discussed, grows in intellect and primarily in Das. And so therefore, because they now have this recognition of ideas that they un- only understood, and they have this integrated uh, understanding, so um, because of this integrated knowing, so therefore, at the age of 13, that the, because they go, the average boy goes through the shift at that age, so therefore, they become Bar Mitzvah. The second reason, which we didn't discuss yet, is that it is halacha l'meishemi Sinai. And actually, it's like a divine edict. God instructed Moshe at Sinai about a number of things, many, many mitzvahs, uh, and, um, and details of mitzvahs. He explained to Moshe at Har Sinai, and Moshe instructed the Jewish people. And so, especially when you read about measurements in the Torah, all different types of measurements that we have for different things, how much one needs to eat in order for it to be, to be considered fulfilling the mitzvah of eating. When we have a mitzvah to eat something, you know, or how or the sizes, amounts that need to be used for sacrifices. So they're called shiurim, they're measurements. And measurements are, are generally halacha mishmi sinai. They were measurements, how do, we, how do we know it's this amount, not another amount? How do we, how do we know uh, when an amma is, a certain measure of length, etc.? All this we know because Hashem told Mesha, uh, part of the oral law, Hashem told Mesha har sinai. And that's how we know. And likewise, there is an opinion that becoming bar mitzvah, obligated in the mitzvah, is halacha mishmi sinai. Hashem told Mesha, when does a boy become obligated in the mitzvah? When he turns... 13 years old. It's law. It has nothing to do with nature and the development and evolution of, of a person's maturity. It's simply a, a, a law. Now, there is a different... Now, um, there is a, when we, when we um, analyze both of these reasons, we, we see that there's what we call in Talmudic language, anafkamina. There will be a difference um, in certain scenarios based on which opinion we follow as to why a boy turns 13 uh, it turns bar mitzvah when he tur- when he becomes thirteen. One example is a gentile. A gentile we know doesn't have the six hundred and thirteen commandments, but they do have the seven Noahide laws. When does a gentile become obligated to uh, follow the seven Noahide laws? If we follow the, the opinion that we're discussing in this entire talk, that we learned it from Shimon and Levi, because they matured at the age of 13, because that is the nature of a person to mature at the age of 13. So then it makes no difference if it's a Jew or a Gentile. Everyone becomes obligated in their duties in this world once they turn 13. Then a Gentile would become obligated in the seven Noahide laws once they turn 13 years old. However, if we say that it was a divine edict that a Jew becomes obligated in the mitzvahs when they turn 13, that has nothing to do with a Gentile, right? It's a special instruction that a Jew at the age of 13 becomes obligated to fulfill his mitzvahs. So now we have a question, when does the Gentile become obligated to follow, follow the seven Noahide laws? Well, we would say that when they become mature enough to be able to take on those obligations. What age is that? Well, we don't have an age. 
So every single Gentile, based on their level of maturity, it would be determined when they're obligated to uh, fulfill the seven Ohai laws. In other words, it would follow the... Per- some people mature at a younger age, some people mature at, a, at an older age. So however we define what the maturity has to look like, it would happen when each individual reaches that, um, that age. Now, in Avodah Sa'adam, in our service uh, of, of man to God, of, of a Jew to Hashem, these two explanations indicate two different approaches of what the foundation of one's service of Hashem should be. According to the explanation that a bar mitzvah, one becoming obligated in mitzvahs, follows 13 years old because that is when the average boy uh, matures and has a level of das, that is what we call a reasonable explanation. We understand that. That makes sense. Right? So that's a rational explanation, which would tell us then that the foundation one needs in order to fulfill commandments, to follow the, the instructions of God, is that a person needs to um, have a level of, of understanding, of das. And when a, once a person has that, and this all makes sense, it's what we would call tam vedas, reason and understanding. We understand, that makes sense to us. Right, so the, the the age thirteen, according to this opinion, makes sense, and that would also tell us that the foundation of serving God is that that um, a person uses reasonability in their service of God, because their entire obligation of mitzvahs is based on reasonability. Once they have, the, it's reasonable for them to fulfill mitzvahs because they have a level of understanding of das. The 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 second form of serving God is based on. In edict, we see when does the boy become uh, uh, obligated to fulfill mitzvahs? When he turns 13, because God instructed at the age of 13, you're obligated to do mitzvahs. It's a halacha, it's a law from, that was given to Moses at Sinai. It has nothing to do with uh, development and maturity, which would then mean that one's approach to serving God should be approached not which is reasonable, but an approach of what we call Kabbalah, so accepting the yoke of heaven. That I do it because God commanded me to do it, I do understand it, I don't understand it, it makes sense to me, it doesn't make sense to me, um, I connect with it, I don't connect with it, all of that doesn't make a difference. My initial approach always is, Kabbalah soil. God instructed at 13, uh, he told Moshe at 13, I become ob- a boy becomes obligated in the mitzvahs, okay, I have to take on the mitzvahs. And now, even the opinion that says that we learn that we become our mitzvah from the Pasuk in our, in our parsha, that each man took a sword, and they're called ish. So from here we see that 13-year-old is when they mature enough to fulfill mitzvahs. It's still associated with an element of unreasonability. Because the behavior that Shimon and Levi displayed was the behavior of Messias Nefesh. Two, two young men at 13 years old went up against a whole city. It's quite a dangerous thing to do. So although the Aveda is... The, the way we approach service of Hashem based on this reason of Bar Mitzvah, because it's when a boy matures, that is an Avedah of Tam Vedas, it's an Avedah of reasonability, where we approach God, our service of God in a reasonable way, but we still see underlying the Tam Vedas in this verse, there's an indication of Mesir Snafish, of a person being able to go to a state of unreasonable commitment. And, then, and, and of course, when I say unreasonable commitment, I don't mean irrational commitment, but I mean super rational commitment. And I'm committed to it because this is what God wants, even though it may not sound, sound reasonable to me. Then that would mean that even according to this opinion, 
the underlying foundation of our service, which is a reasonable service to Hashem, still needs to have this element of deep commitment where even reasonability doesn't get in the way of my commitment. And only with Kabbalah so can the Tamvadas be done properly. Only if underlying my reasonable service to Hashem, um, only when there is the underlying foundation of Kabbalah so of an absolute commitment, even if the reasonability no, it doesn't sustain itself. Only then is my service, which is a reasonable service to Hashem, um, complete and whole. And the proof of this, the Rabbi brings from a pasuk in Devarim, in the in the book of Deuteronomy, where it says, "See, I placed before you today life and good." What's God saying? God's saying, "Look what I put before you. I put life before you and good before you." Right? Do you know what life is? Do you know what good is? Of course we know what, what life is and what good is. And then God commands us, you should choose life. Now, why must God instruct us to choose life? We need to be instructed to choose life. If our Aveda is Alpitamvadas, if the way we serve God is reasonability, use your reason. Right? Reasonability says choose without which is life and choose that which is good. However, when we serve Hashem that way, we're not really being an Eved Hashem. We're not, we're not being a servant of God. Why not? Because an Eved, a servant, is one who has a yoke, so to speak, figuratively speaking, on their shoulders, which means that, what they're, that, they're, that they're, um, their master can tell them at any time to do anything, and they have to do it. Whether it makes sense, it doesn't make sense, they do understand it or they don't understand it. And so Hashem says that even though I just I told you, this is life and this is good, and your own reason will drive you to do that which leads you to life and good. So I don't need to instruct you, but I'm coming to instruct you to choose life because I want your approach to even reasonable things to have an element of divine edict, of instruction, of you being, having an absolute commitment to it, not only because it's reasonable, but because I commanded you to do it. Because we know, and I, I'm adding this now, um, just to enhance the understanding of this idea of serving God reasonably. Whenever we are relate to something on a reasonable level, there's always a possibility that another reason will come up, someone will come up with another explanation that will say, ah, there's something better, something better than this, something better. So anything that's based on reason the foundation of our commitment to it, which is reason, is always vulnerable. Because, you know, we understand things to a, certain, to a certain extent. We've all met people who are much smarter than us, and they suddenly reveal to us a perspective which we never thought about, and we say, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. Right? So, intellect is never a 100% solid ground to stand on. However, when a person has an absolute commitment to something, because God commanded me to do it, it has nothing to do with what I understand or don't understand. It's just simply that God instructed me to do it, and that's why I'm doing it. That's an absolute commitment. So God says, I want you to have a reasonable commitment, but I want underlying that reasonable commitment that there is a divine instruction of you should choose life. So what's the reason why God has to instruct us to choose life? He doesn't have to, but God wants us to have a commitment that's deeper than our understanding, than our reasonability. It comes from a place which is which is absolute, which we're absolutely committed to it. And I want to add as well, this is one of the great beauties of when we embrace Yiddishkeit uh, in, in a deeper and deeper manner. Because one of the things that the world has a hard time uh, understanding, 
when they look at a Jew's commitment to Yiddishkeit, is their unreasonable commitment. Um, most people are not, uh, you know, many people do not have a, an absolute commitment to almost anything in life. Everything is somewhat negotiable. If you take it far enough, then it's negotiable, right? But we see that when a, when a Jew serves God, God tells us not to do certain things. If a Jew's walking down the street on Shabbos and there's $100,000 sitting on the floor, it's not even a consideration. He doesn't even entertain the thought of taking it. Right? It, 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 um, or, or as someone once uh, came to my office and they wanted me to do something which was um, unethical, and I told them I, I won't do that. So they, they, um, this woman leaned to her pocketbook and she, uh, she pulled to, 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 to pull out her checkbook and said, if I were to write a check to you for $500, um, you would come with me now and eat, eat with me in a non-kosher restaurant. Now, perhaps she didn't know, <laughs> but a $5 million check also won't get me or anyone else committed to kosher to eat in a uh, non-kosher restaurant um, because it's simply not negotiable. Why? Because the, the um, relationship with eating kosher is not a reasonable relationship. It is an unreasonable relationship. It's an absolute commitment. That's the, uh, that's the point that the Rebbe is getting to over here. And he's trying to say that not only the opinion that believes that Bar Mitzvah is learned from Halach Lamesh Sinai, um, which there is clearly a divine edict, that means that our commitment to Mitzvah begins uh, as something which is super irrational. But even the opinion that as we are follow, oh, discussing from our Torah portion, where we understand that the reason why at 13 one becomes bar mitzvah, obligated to mitzvahs, is because they have reached a certain level of maturity with their uh, recognition and, um, and their integrated knowing. However, that still needs to include some level of Kabbalah self, accepting the yoke of heaven, of, 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 of super rational commitment. And that's the reason why we learned it specifically from a verse where Shimon and Levi are doing something which is an act of mysterious nefesh, where they're literally putting their entire being on the line to do what they're doing. And this is the association of Adam and a Bar Mitzvah. This is the reason why the Rabbeim discussed Adam by Bar Mitzvah, not just Ish, because the description of Adam has two points. Number one is Adam reaches the highest level of intellect, as we discussed. It's the level of intellect which is uh, completely pure and expansive intellect uh, without it being limited at all in any way by anything, even by our subjective emotions. And we also know that Adam has the same letters as the word Mo'id. Mo'id means very much, like we say in Shema, that we're going to love Hashem um, with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Mo'id, with your everything. Um, because the, the ma'id indicates, Adam indicates a person who operates on a very high moichin um, degadus, an expansive level of intellect. But Adam also is associated with the word ma'id, which is an expression of the infinite, something which is absolute, infinite. Nothing gets in its way, nothing, nothing, nothing can stop it. And that is beyond intellect, because intellect is always cal- uh, uh, intellect means calculation, measurability, and definition. But but this level of intellect is a level of intellect which is also associated with that which is beyond it itself, and that is the ma'id aspect um, of Adam, because same letters again, bringing a person to a level of absolute uh, commitment. So both are an expression of Adam, 
and therefore they're associated, both this high level of intellect called this expansive intellect of Meichem the Godless, and the, uh, the level of, the, of infinite um, beyond intellect. See, even when one reaches a very high level of intellect, we still must connect with Mysterious Nefesh. We cannot stay in the realm of intellect alone. We must have embedded, we must have, um, um, as part of our foundation, a level of Mysterious Nefesh. Even when mysterious nefesh, when we have mysterious nefesh, however, it works both ways. So when a person's operating on a very high level of intellect, we need to know that that level of intellect isn't enough. We still need to always have a foundation of mysterious nefesh, of self-sacrifice, of absolute commitment. And when a person's operating out of a level of absolute commitment and mysterious nefesh, we also need to know that we want to bring the experience into our intellect so our intellect also understands what we are doing and why we are so deeply committed. Because Hashem wants that the entire being of a person, both the aspects of our being which we very much relate to, and both the aspects of our being which are so expansive um, that they almost, we don't necessarily relate to them, we just stay committed. That means um, um, the Aveda of Tam Vedas, that's that which we understand, which we relate to, and the Aveda which is super rational, which we don't really understand, but we know to be true, and therefore we're committed to it. Hashem wants all of these aspects to serve Him. So therefore we want to, we want to integrate every aspect of our being in our service of Hashem. See, even when a person is in a state of ish, like a bar mitzvah boy would be, that is, a uh, boy whose intellect, uh, he has enough intellect to determine that his intellect should determine what his emotions are, intellect associated with emotions, um, he must still reach the, the level of ish harboy, of a man with a sword, which is the idea of Mesir Snefesh. He must also be able to reach this level of absolute commitment to God, which is super rational. And then, uh, then the boy is acting um, from a place which is above intellect. And in that respect, he's now connected to Adam and Me'oid. He's now learning to, to, to connect to the level of Adam, which Adam includes the aspect of Me'oid, of, of, some, of an infinite, um, of reaching a state which is infinite and beyond intellect, which is expressed through a person's absolute commitment to something. So therefore the Rabbeim said, Amaimer of Nasa Adam to say you're an ish, but you should know that while you're an ish, you have to strive to be an Adam because it's not enough just to, be, to serve God in a reasonable way. But we need to be committed to God in a super rational way. And that's the reason why the verse that we learn ish from also indicates the aspect of Adam by, because it's discussing a scenario where Shimon and Levi acted in a super rational way with Mesir Asnefesh by putting their lives on the line in order to bring justice to the sister Dinah.